Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. I'm always grateful for your support, and I really appreciate the continued shares and support. That is just it goes beyond just my expectation. Let me just let me just tell you that <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome what's happening out there. I also want to let you guys know that if you ever need to email me. You can email me with any questions, suggestions for topics, or any feedback at all. You can email me at T-A-L-A-I-B-R-A-8888 at gmail.com. And I would love to hear any topic suggestions you might have. And like I said, anything that you might want to tell me. Sometimes I get emails about people, people where they're at in their journey. And I love to be of support to you. I want to hear what you guys are doing and how you guys are evolving it's, it's a wonderful thing. All right. So I just want to kind of make sure that I'll let you guys know that I really am needing more of your emails. C- come, don't be shy. Just step right up. Send me an email. Great. I want to get that out of the way. Now on tonight's topic, it is really about dysfunction in family abuse and how it is generational. I had talked about fear of abandonment and how that results in generational dysfunction, but we're going to talk about just general abuse, neglect, uh, the, just what it does and how it gets transferred into our, our family and into generations within our family. But it starts off with understanding how or what are the traits of an abusive family or an abusive environment that a human being might grow up in. This would include any either too rigid of boundaries within a family or too loose. Also, this extreme in living is is probably the most important identifier of an abusive family or an abusive dysfunctional uh, family. This extreme is usually in the problem solving in thought and how people deal with emotions. They either could be very avoidant of emotions, don't know what to deal with them, or they can go overkill and completely make decisions that are emotionally based, very little logic, you know, sprinkled in there. So a lot of the times even both can live within one person. And within one family, both extremes, uh, completely avoidant or completely on the other end. Extreme thinking results in extreme communication, extreme decision making. Now, if I'm a child growing up in that family, I'm going to see this extreme and I don't know any better because of my limited experience in this world. I'm going to start absorbing that is the best way to say that. I'm adding it into my neural networks, into the connections I'm making, into my memories and my mind. And all this turns into conditioning. I end up responding in ways that come from my conditioning, how I grew up. Now, even if extremes in my family have been very evident Is it possible that I could grow up not be as extreme as my family? Yes, it's very possible. But you'll see the extremes pop up in other ways. 
because the apple does not fall far from the tree. We all have baggage. You just got to know your own baggage. And so if you come from an extreme environment, then more than likely you're going to have some extreme ways of looking at the world, whether it's too rigid or too loose. And, you know, if you grew up in a dysfunction uh, that kind of was, for example, very low monitoring, limited amount of nurture, people were just fending off for themselves. That's that's kind of the, the, the extreme other side of neglect, right? Like where... Uh, the person would have probably had more than likely been physically abused, sexually abused because it was low monitoring. Everybody kind of, um, neglected, uh, you know, looking at things and people's needs. And it was just maybe basically about just maintaining food, shelter. The rest of the stuff wasn't really that important. Um, there probably would have been maybe heavy duty drug use was another way to call avoidance within a family or extreme drug use, alcoholism, uh, a parent where one parent is either absent, uh, too busy working, perhaps that's also an extreme, although they don't all look like very significant dysfunctions. It, what I really want you to kind of focus on and, and narrow it down to is just that the families would have been seen as not balanced. The situation would have been not balanced. I Extremes is, again, the best way to describe that. You know, I want to make sure that I kind of let you in on what I have noticed, not just with myself, but with others that I've worked with, that an extreme becomes the norm with people that have grown up in this dysfunction. And healing this takes ownership ownership of how we justify this continued dysfunction in our life currently. Again, we've been conditioned with this response. We've conditioned to react to our world in a certain way. It plays out. We just sometimes don't know how it plays out. We think we are so different from our parents, but in, in reality, a lot of the times we are very similar in the way we might solve the problem solve a problem. So for example, let's say my mom was always a workaholic. You know, the dysfunction would have appeared in the way she was not balanced. She avoided perhaps uh, emotionally engaging with all the children equally. So later on, if I became a mom, I could reenact that, but it, it might not even look like the same thing. I could be really rigid. Okay. Like trying not to be like my mom. I could overdo it where I'm hovering over my kids. I'm controlling, I'm becoming, uh, the other extreme. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm, I want to put it to you in that way. There's no way that you are, that you have been growing up in dysfunction and escape it without you having to do the work of recognizing where it's at, you know, eventually it's, it's going to be in the way we solve problems. It's going to be in the way we raise our kids. We, we might become again, too rigid, you know, unlike my mom who was, you know, workaholic and I just basically had to raise myself. For example, I'm, I'm not saying that's the case, but 
just I'm putting it out there, then in this case, uh, I could raise my kid in a, in a in a way where I'm like so angry and I'm, I put a lot of rules on him and I want to make sure I'm never going to be like my mom. And I could say that nonsense to myself and even to my kid, you know, and make him kind of in a, have him live in a rigid world where it's completely different than in my loose world that I lived in. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Now, can the dysfunction be healed? Can this extremes be healed? Absolutely. Because intuitively, we all know that if we were to solve this problem, then we have to get, we have to get away from the extremes. But to acknowledge this conditioned response that we have within us that's been extreme, we have to take ownership with that, right? We have to go within. We have to identify with all honesty how I may be a lot like my mom and dad, but in, and how it might play out in my world today. For example, if my dad was an alcoholic, how had that made me today? You know, do I appear like a significant people pleaser? Do I like absent emotionally unavailable men, perhaps, how do I replay that in my world? Since my dad was absent and he was, you know, about himself drinking, drugging, whatever the case is, right? Uh, How do I respond today to males? How do I respond as a parent? Do I replay it? Or do I have difficulty with parenting because I don't know how to do it? I've never seen it happen to me, so I don't know how to give it to another person. So I avoid maybe by becoming a workaholic, for example. And I pretend like I'm not my dad, but in reality, it could be very well another form of a holic. Uh, it's going to play out. Uh, you can't. You can run, but you can't hide, friends. A lot of times how we respond is a conditioned response. And we can heal that. There's no reason to be ashamed of it. There's no reason to hide it, to make excuses for it and say, no, I really have a good reason for being this way. No. If you wonder why you're doing something and you're like, why am I keeping, why am I doing that even though I don't want to do it? Why do I keep yelling at my kids or harping on this one thing when I really don't want to do all that? That's worth looking at, friends. That's worth looking at. Check out where you've been. Because a lot of the answers and clues for what you need to heal generationally is there. Because what we want is for the next generation to have less and less evidence of that dysfunction being placed on them, being imposed on them with the way we raise them. It is very common that I see with patients of mine that, for example, if a patient's mom had left them with grandma all day, every day, and, you know, the, the mom was away, dad was doing his own thing. The, the patient ends up growing up feeling something is missing, right? Even if they don't admit it, they might grow up and have relationships and everything appears to be fine until they have a kid. And that's when it pops up. They don't know how to be emotionally available. They might become overwhelmed because they've, they have not dealt with or resolved those issues that had to do with their own feelings of being neglected or abandoned. And so they're going to have a hard time being emotionally available to their own child, understanding what the child might need with balance, right? Again, without going to extremes, either I hover over the kid and control them, or I go all the way where I'm just like, I avoid dealing with emotional stuff by pretending to be the, the, the provider for the home. And this way I can avoid it avoid being emotionally engaged with my family and raising a kid. So again, it's going to show up. It's going to show up. And I want you guys to do the work. 
it's hard to confront it. It's really hard to confront that this dysfunction is generational. It's hard to confront it. But I know that if we can do our part in this lifetime, then the future stands a chance to look a little bit better than we did. To have something that maybe possibly could heal in certain areas. We're not looking for perfection here. We're just looking to do it a little bit better than it was done to us. And if we continue on this path, then you don't know what the next generation can do and how it might deliver even more healing. I, I really don't know how that plays out, but all I know intuitively is that as human beings, we need to take responsibility for the baggage that we've acquired, sift through it, take responsibility for what is ours and what is not ours, release it. Sometimes we might use the past, our pain, our suffering as an excuse to continue to misbehave. We might neglect our own children because we ourselves don't resolve the past and seek to understand it and understand ourselves in it. We might just repeat the same thing, but in a different way, under a different, you know, category, name, situation, but it will be the same dysfunction. It'll be dysfunction period. So the point of today is if you've ever said, I don't want to be like my mom and dad, and you said this out loud and you said this with some resentment, you are the person I'm talking to. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, you. Because when we are not sure whether we are never going to be like mom and dad, that means we have to sift through our past to look at how mom and dad and their way of parenting might have impacted me. I need to look at it with no judgment. I need to look at it with honesty. Do I still continue this dysfunction? Do I still make excuses for it to continue? Do I go to extremes? Do I think in extremes in any area of my life, whether it's work, relationships, uh, anything, if it be family interactions, anything? I want you to dig in and see where extremes could be evident in your life. Do I have habits of attempting to control things, uh, clean, over clean? Do I want to make sure or worry about money a lot? Like to the point of like, I want to make sure that I, I never, ever, ever we're going to be homeless, even though you, there's no indication that you've ever been homeless before or going to be homeless in the future. You know, it is that level of fear and anxiety that you think is just yours and you think it's random, but it is not random and you didn't just come up with it. It's something that you might have inherited. This extreme way of thinking is a conditioned response as most of your responses are. And so please understand where you, where it came from. And when you understand where it comes from, at that point, you take responsibility for it. You see how it plays out in your life and you take it to a place where it can become more in the middle is the best way to say that. If it's not one extreme or the other, it's got to be best to be in the middle with balance. So if I grew up with workaholic parents, I'm going to learn how to balance my work and my life. And I know it's going to take me work because I may have not seen that growing up. So I have to kind of start from scratch in this area. I have to go into the unknown and maybe learn from other people that do it well. How do they balance their life? I can do research on that. You know, life and work, 
Google now and the internet provides us with so much literature that it, you, there's no excuse today for you not to learn about it in the most simple way. It doesn't have to be complicated books and, and fancy stuff, just simple Google search of how to balance life and work and learning from people that have been doing it and do it better than I do. Because I admit that I may be an extreme person growing up that has grown up in extreme situations. So it's not going to easily come to me for me to be somewhere in the middle and balanced. So I got to learn how to balance. Again, when I get a better handle on that balancing business, whether it's balance in my communication, where I don't jump from zero to 60 or completely avoid and run. You know, when I learned how to balance relationships where I'm not a complete people pleaser and I got to be everything to you or completely detached and I don't know how to be emotionally available. Well, I learned how to be somewhere in the middle. Then that, believe it or not, will be seen and modeled for your children. And then that carries on a new generational pattern. Hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know for sure that if we grew up in extremes, friends, then I more than likely will deliver extremes to my children if I don't heal it. But if I heal it, I might start being in the middle. Everything might be balanced in my life a little bit better. And I maintain that balance, of course, because there's no perfection here. We're just doing it day by day. When I do that, then possibly my children will have something else that they can rely on, memories, a sample of living that maybe I did not see or it was not demonstrated to me. So there's a lot of power to that. We want to change this for a lifetime, not just mine, but future lifetimes. That's the beauty of us loving one another. We love one another by getting to learn our own uh, baggage, sift through it, heal it. Because in my healing, I can not impose this suffering and the damage I have gone through to other people. And I deal with it all day long with individuals that have just inherited the dysfunction and continue with it. It is so important to look at this, friends. And I think for most of us, it's time. <sighs> yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I hope this was helpful to you and you find peace in knowing that, hey, this is so common to have gone through extremes and that, hey, we can heal it. Yes, absolutely we can. We can take responsibility for it. And in doing so, we start healing it and bringing balance for generations to come. This is how we take care of one another. I'm sending you love and light. Don't chase the past or run away from it. Accept it and heal it in the present. This has been an episode of Drive Through.